my job is to think about what's our business going to be like three and five and 10 years from now, because you don't want it to just to be accident, accidental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to be, you want to take advantage of opportunities that come along to be able to apply a systematic approach to understanding whether or not it's a good thing or not. And then not being afraid to say, okay, let's do it. But I would say the bigger part of it is not being afraid to say no. Mm. Leadership is really about saying no to things that might look good so that you have room to take on things that are great. Make yourself at home, do your do. Welcome to my pad, this your lab. Go create your move. This episode is brought to you by Subway. What's good, everybody? It's 99 Miles Per Hour Podcast with me, your host, Percy Garner. And uh, I'm excited uh, for several reasons uh, because of the guest and because of something I want to share, but we'll, we'll do that in a second. I want to first thank Subway and the Fitzgerald family for making this podcast possible. And uh, man, uh, I'm kind of upset I missed my my Subway last week. But, you know, Kevin, let me get it twice this week, please. Um, also, I have new merch coming. Okay, so store.percygarner.com. Go there. Help me get a, a scholarship for a Dover student. Um, I really want to do that. Uh, the scholarships passed, so it'll be for 2022 <laughs> or uh, 2023. I mean, so uh, yeah, help us out there again. Store.percygarner.com, uh, and uh, we'll have some new updated merch there. I promise. Now, my friend Chris Lane, who was on the show, I don't know how long ago, a while ago, it's episode 81. Now I don't know what episode he was, but he uh, called me up last night and says, "Hey, I got a book for you." So I read this book last night. Easy read, only 100 pages. It's amazing. Uh, I will put a link to the description or link to this Kindle version in the description. So if you guys want to download that, buy it. I think I bought it today on Kindle for $14. It's well worth it. It's going to be something I reference time and time again. Great book. Great book. Uh, has a little bit of a why sports help, you know, every people in every aspect of life. Doesn't just have to be uh, sports, but this book will help you in your workplace if you're a leader. And uh, leadership is what I love, and we're going to be getting into someone who leads, and we're going to try to pick his brain and figure out what it is that he uses to be a great leader. And without further ado, I guess we'll get to it. Uh, But today we have uh, a special guest who I've gotten to know over the last few years uh, really well, and uh, you know I've become a better person for it. And I'm not just talking him up. I really mean this. <laughs> but uh, this is definitely a community leader. And uh, also, he is the chairman and CEO of Tusco Display, Mike Lauber. How are we doing? All right. <laughs> it's great to be here. <laughs> it's good to be here, too. I, I want to say, you surprised me. Carmel said you were really good in front of the camera. But some of the people, I'm like, all right, we'll see how they really do. <laughs> And uh, having you on the telethon, I was like, whoa, Mike is really, I was enjoying you. I was like kind of getting distracted on what I was supposed to be doing because I was just watching you. Um, but do, do you like that situation? Do you like being live on TV and having to just come up with stuff? Apparently. <laughs> and you got to cut someone's tie. That was pretty cool. That was pretty fun. <laughs> and uh, yeah, nobody knew that was coming. Uh, yeah. I didn't know it was coming yeah. either. 
that's what it's all about. And uh, no, I appreciate you doing that. I appreciate everything you do for the Rainbow Connection. And uh, also appreciate having you here on the show. Now, usually the structure of the show, we go over a little uh, current events. And um, <laughs> this one really affected me because uh, I have a meeting that I have to drive to. I haven't had to drive since I've worked at Rainbow Connection, but this meeting I'm going to have to do, I'm going to have to drive. And I'm like, dang, man, this is going to suck because the gas prices are really high. But I have a question for you. How does that, obviously it affects regular consumers, normal people uh, having to fill up their cars. How does that affect or does it affect your bottom line? Uh, you know, you being within merchandising and stuff like that, does that have to, does that affect you at all? Well, it's funny that you ask that, um, since gas prices did just blip up again, uh, today, uh, locally (laughs) and people are, you know, losing their minds over and it's uh, definitely expensive in a nominal sense. But Mm. as I grew up a thousand years ago, (laughs) um, you know, if you look at it in real dollar terms, it's not the most expensive gas we've ever had. It was more expensive in the seventies. Yeah, really? uh, yeah, absolutely. And in the 90s, there was a time when it was more expensive too. So, but it doesn't really matter. The, the answer to your question is, how does this impact my business? You know what? Utility costs, material costs, all those things are impacted uh, by inflation. And for the first time in a long time, we're dealing with inflation. So those costs get passed along. And eventually, consumers end up paying those costs as well. Gotcha. We're going into driving season right now. So gasoline is going to be high and going to remain high for the next couple of months. But it'll, by, by the fall, it should, it should uh, tail off. Okay. Most of what I'm doing, I'm, you know, my, my business is buying raw materials like steel mm-hmm. and then fabricating it um, and powder coating it and then packaging it and then shipping it. And all of those things are impacted by utility costs as well as gasoline costs. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say, I kind of, I can't wait to kind of dive in because I do have a little bit of information uh, about, you know, your business, uh, but I feel like it's just the tip of the iceberg. So we will get into that as well. Um, But I also want to, I kind of want to figure out, you know, what got you into leadership and stuff. So kind of go into path because I'm supposed to be doing this thing you know, at the beginning of these videos where I'm supposed to say, Hey, you like, and subscribe. And I always forget. And I'm also supposed to give you a preview of what I'm going to be talking about. (laughs) Remind me after this to record that Josh. Um, but who cares? You guys will be all right. Uh, (laughs) I will say like, and subscribe. And also if you don't have uh, the ability to watch in the video, uh, we are on Apple podcasts and Spotify. So you can listen as well. So a little late, but better late than never. But uh, today I want to focus on, you know, kind of, and, you know, I'm going to jump around. I have this outline here to keep me on track. All right, I, I, off jump, the rails. I jump too, man. So <laughs> I'm it, off the we're, rails. We're, 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 we'll be in sync here soon. Yeah. I, w- I wanted to ask, you know, if, if I'm, because uh, uh, I'm assuming you, your c- customers are other businesses, I guess. But, yes. but before we get into that, like, wh- how did you get to where you're at now? Like, you know, I'm not asking, hey, you know, where were you born or anything like that. <laughs> you ain't got to go that far back, but just... You know, I guess I want to figure out, okay, Mike Lauber, how did you become the chairman and CEO of Tusco, uh, Tusco Display? Well, I want, to be, uh, I want to be completely clear and transparent about this. <clears throat> to use a baseball analogy, okay. um, I was born on third base. I didn't hit a triple. <laughs> okay. And the reality is, you know, my family, my parents, my father in particular was a very successful commercial banker in Stark County, in Maslin in particular, which oh. is where I grew up. 
And he was bored with being a banker, but very successful at it and said, I want to be, I want to do something that I can involve my kids. He didn't believe in nepotism in a public company, which he ran, but Mm -hmm. he believed in nepotism. (laughs) He wanted to have something that could, he can engage and involve his children, his four kids. I'm his eldest and best looking. And uh, (laughs) um, so he contacted his other banker friends and said, I'm looking to buy something. Okay. Not very specific. (laughs) Um, And he he looked at businesses for seven years, everything from golf courses to distribution businesses to manufacturing businesses. The first thing he ended up buying, our family bought, was Tusco Display in 1979. Really? It was about the time I was coming out of college. Don't do the math. (laughs) And um, um, we ended up... Uh, buying another business in 82, another business in 84, another business in 86, another business in, in uh, 92. Wow, okay. And uh, in total, a total of uh, seven different businesses that my family bought over time. And over time, we have since div- divested of those. Okay. Um, I, um, each of those businesses was run by one of my three siblings. Oh, nice. Um, so their, I love that. Their I dream that. was to have four businesses, all of equal value, that they could help uh, each one of the kids do their own thing. And most mm-hmm. of them were manufacturing. All but one of them were manufacturers. Um, so we still own my my brother, Pat, and my brother, Mark's estate, because uh, he passed away 19 years ago this week, um, still own Harrison Paints, okay. in, uh, the Dutch Standard brand in uh, Canton. Okay. So if you need to have your house painted or whatever, make sure you insist on Harrison Paint. Okay. Um, uh, and... That was the last thing that we bought, and the first thing that we bought, Tusco, and we still have Tusco. So wow. I'm I'm the uh, I'm the, the principal owner of uh, Tusco, and my brother Pat and uh, and his um, uh, nieces and nephews uh, are the uh, uh, owners of Harrison Paint. Okay. So that so I had the opportunity to come and work in a family business um, and get my hands dirty, and my uh, other siblings did uh, did the same. So we learned from our father. We learned from mistakes upon mistakes <laughs> upon mistakes because that's where you that's where you get yeah. the real lessons. Yeah, uh, exactly. It hasn't been all success along the way uh, by any stretch, um, and uh, you know it's it's worked out in the in the long run. It's worked out. That's awesome. Uh, I didn't start thinking about that until uh, I guess one of the people we've had actually we're going to have on here soon who's going to come interview me um steve van horn he kind of i want to say had the same um thoughts as your father he worked at a fortune 500 company did really well there but was like you know what (laughs) you know he's got three boys they're three crazy boys but (laughs) he i think he wanted something to you know that he owned that he could kind of you know uh, set them up with and, and see if any one of them wanted to get involved with his businesses whenever he's done. Now, I hate to st- speak on his behalf, but I feel like that's what he's did. And I think ever since that, I'm like, man, that would be amazing. I kind of want to, I kind of want to give my kids that opportunity to see if they want to do it, you know, but well, uh, I'm, uh, uh, so let me throw a little damper on okay. this uh, conversation. <laughs> Because my father is also uh, uh, fond of saying over the years, and he's still alive. He's eighty-seven. Okay, uh, and uh, he he would say most people have a romanticized idea of what family businesses are about. Um, 
most people aren't in family businesses. <laughs> Those of us who have been in family businesses know you bring all your baggage with you. Mm. And sometimes separating the personal from the professional can be very challenging. And you get uh, rivalries within the family that mm. come with the territory too. Okay. So, uh, you know, uh, just a word of caution. Yeah. Uh, it's not a panacea uh, <laughs> yeah, by, by any stretch. Uh, gotcha. there, there are definitely uh, uh, challenges associated with uh, being in a family business. Yeah. And I guess I could ask the Fitzgeralds of Subway. How, what yes, you like could. They, they'd be able to tell you a little bit about that too. Man, that's awesome, man. I just, uh, you know, I, I think that's something that, people and parents, you know, strive for, but it's also no, it's also good to know both. And, and not every time is your kids going to want to <laughs> take over that business, but I guess uh, your family uh, lucked out, well, so to speak. <laughs> well, well, Percy, I would tell you, I have four uh, children, mm -hmm. uh, none of them in the business. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. but uh, three of the four have worked in the business, oh, okay. um, uh, mostly during college, you know, summers and, you know, the, uh, weekends, uh, you know, and the like. Mm. Um, but I have not uh, really actively encouraged them. If any one of them had said, I'm interested in the business, or if they all were, uh, you know, I'd have encouraged that as well. But it wasn't a fit uh, yeah. for them. And um, so they're, yeah. they're doing their own things and doing so very <laughs> successfully. And I've, I feel uh, tremendously blessed that uh, they're doing what they want to do, not necessarily what I might have wanted them to do. Yeah, that's, that's another a blessing. Piece, that's another that's another piece <laughs> of the challenge. So. Okay, that's a blessing. It sounds like they're blessed to have a father like you, and uh, you know I, I'm familiar with them. And uh, you know, I, if I was them, I would have took over the business. <laughs> but uh, also, I want to dive into you know Tusco Display and and what that is and who it benefits and who are your customers. So I'm assuming say hey I'm a 99 miles per hour and I want to sell some 99 mile per hour mints and i really want this is how i before i ask any questions this is what i think <laughs> what i think of tusco display and merch, i want to merch yeah merch. yeah and i want to be <laughs> you know have a display and so people are more enticed to buy my product because lord knows how many mints there are in stores <laughs> is am i on track of sort of what you would would i be a customer uh no way oh uh, <laughs> But I would put it this way. Okay. Um, I'll take uh, a stab. We have, we have lots of clients just that you just described uh, who come to us and say, listen, I have this great idea and I, you know, and I want to have a display and I want to have them in all the Walmarts and all of the 7-Elevens uh, you know, of the world. And it's going to be great. It's going to be terrific. <laughs> and we oftentimes in smaller operations have to basically say, you can't afford to do this. And we give them some kind of rules of thumb to say, how much can you afford to uh, put into a merchandiser? Um, some people will spend more money than they'll ever make by what they sell off uh, of the product. So okay. there's a, and, oh, by the way, that retailer has to agree yeah. that your product is something that they want to move something else out True. that they already sell or have an opportunity to sell and put yours in place. So you have to be able to show them you're going to make more money because you have my product on your uh, shelf versus somebody else's. Okay. Starting to make sense for me now. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it starts to get very, very challenging. So we often have had, you know, people, uh, you know, approach us that we've had to basically say, doesn't make sense. It, mm. it doesn't add up. It's not going to work for you. 
So instead, our clients tend to be bigger companies. Not, oh, okay. not, not okay. a surprise. Who gotcha. have, the, have the means to spend the money. And oftentimes it's products, not like mints, <laughs> but uh, say it's a door. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, uh, you know, how do you merchandise a door? Uh, or a bunch of doors. Well, you need to have some kind of framework and, and some uh, an engineered solution that's going to hold up. Now, I will tell you, we have a door, uh, a number of uh, um, do-it-yourself brands that we do work for. One of our newest and favorite new clients is Provia. Okay, I was going to ask that. And, and we're, we're making displays for them, uh, you know, right now. Awesome. Uh, so it's great. But most of our clients are not local. Uh, oh, okay, they, okay. they are, you know, all scattered or scattered around. So if you bought a Carhartt jacket, yeah, uh, somewhere, or you bought an American greeting card, or a uh, tone spice, or a can of Stolium paint, or uh, uh, you know, some ru- uh, Rubbermaid products, you know, a variety of different things, we've made displays uh, to merchandise those. Uh, wow. Goodyear, Michelin, Bridgestone, you know, a lot of the tire and rubber companies as well. So lots of different. Uh, kinds of brands in lots of kinds of retail environments. And I always love it when somebody says, what do you do? And I said, let's walk into a store and I will find something that we've produced. <laughs> just about any kind of major store, we can find your stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a lot of fun. And part of the fun for our associates is to be able to say, well, you know, I, I poked that hole right there. <laughs> and, you know, that I, I did that. That was part of my, I made that. And I was in say. little Janaden Hutton, Ohio, yeah, uh, but impacting people's decisions in store. Now, about seventy percent of decisions are made in the store as to what to buy. You may say, "I need Ritz crackers yeah. today," and you go to get Ritz crackers, but you see townhouse crackers are for sale. You know what? I just made a decision. I'm going to buy the townhouse or the one pound. You know, versus the three-quarter pound looks like a better deal. I'm going to make a decision about what I'm buying right in the aisle in the store. I make a lot of those decisions. I'm not good at shopping. <laughs> it sounds like you're my perfect customer. Yeah, I am. Yeah, you want your, your influence, whether you know it or not, you're bombarded, bombarded by thousands of messages. All those packagings are packaging and products are speaking to you, not just the signs mm-hmm. as you walk into a store. Now your mind is able to filter that much of that noise out, or you would drive yourself insane <laughs> very, very quickly. And instead you say, this is what I need. And this is where I'm going. Our job in the display industry is to say, how do I break through to the right person who could really benefit and want to buy my product? Mm. Uh, so it, it's a, there's both art and science to all I of like this. That. And, and it's, uh, Tusco's been doing this since 1948. Wow. 1948. So, you know, we've been doing it for more than half of those years, but it's an exciting and interesting uh, industry and a global one as well. I was going to say, um, quick example, you know, my wife, Krista, I needed to get five things at the store. Should have spent $20. I ended up with maybe 18 items spending $130. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, yeah, I'm no longer allowed to go shopping. Um, but uh, You're welcome. <laughs> thank you. Appreciate We're it. We're here for you. Yeah, I mean, that does work out for me in the, in the long run. Uh, but now for you, obviously you said all, you know, this is out of little Janaton Hutton, Ohio. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of my listeners are from this area, but there are some... You know, Janae Hutton wouldn't show up on Google Maps. You got to zoom way, <laughs> way, way in. <laughs> but um, 
that kind of brings me to my next point. Like how, cause you would think you're working on all these big companies. You're, you're, you know, and all these, these stores, these retail stores, and you're doing a lot of things. I thought maybe more local companies would, but it makes sense. How, how in, in Janate and Hutton, like what, what about Tuscarawas County or what about that location that allows, you know, or the success you've had not to, how do you have to pick up and leave? Well, a variety of things. Uh, you know, first of all, uh, it's, uh, inertia <laughs> is a powerful force. Okay. So it's easier to stay where you are as opposed to move. So there sure. has to be a compelling reason to move, but we're within 500 miles of 70% of the retail stores in North America right here. Wow. That's a one-day ship point to 70% of the retail stores in North America, Toronto, Chicago, New York, Atlanta. That's a big advantage. That's one of the reasons as you drive to Columbus and you see warehouse after warehouse, Amazon, Amazon, FedEx – that's why they're there because this is a great place, this region, to be able to serve much of the population in the United States, especially east of the Mississippi. Wow. Okay. That makes a lot of sense then. Yeah. So being here is a good good thing. Yeah. When we came, um, my dad asked a couple of other industry players and said, you know, is this a good idea? It was actually before he bought it and, and said – you know, if you were me, why would you do it? And one of the answers they had uh, was, you're in a great spot for mm. distribution and access to steel. Because okay. there were a lot of steel mills, and there still are throughout yeah. the Midwest. So that's our basic raw material. Uh, that's another benefit to being here, as opposed to being in New Orleans or Minnesota or, you know, wherever. Yeah, yeah, because I did a report. I just graduated, and I did a Congratulations. report. Congratulations. Thank you. Outstanding. Um, I did a report in a lot of we were trying to figure out where our location because we had to come up with our own business and we chose Delaware and I feel like it was because of some tax causes or something like that. You, we can, chose be a de- you can be a Delaware corporation located anywhere. Oh, uh, okay. So you so don't we- have to be in Delaware. And in fact, if you go to Delaware, there's not a lot of room. It's uh, a very small place. Yeah. We needed you in on the, on the project. <laughs> you you, you could have called <laughs> drop a dime, man. I was there. See, that's why I have I, I have this show. I learn from people, and then, you know, I gain resources in, in, <laughs> the, same, in the same token. But, um, and likes and shares. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, is there any things you, you know, that kind of work against you being in this area? Or not really. You're just kind of like, yeah, this works out. Uh, you know, honestly, the benefits far outweigh any of the shortcomings. Gotcha. So, you know, from a transportation standpoint, you know, I, 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 um, I'm flying to Austin tomorrow. So I got to drive to Cleveland uh, okay. to get, to get on a plane or Pittsburgh or Columbus and yes, can't Akron, but generally not. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit inconvenient, but it's really not a major problem. 40 years ago where you, you know, we primarily did business both buying and selling with companies within 250 miles of us, oh, okay. much more regional. Well, it's not a regional world anymore, and it doesn't have to be. You have the the interwebs. Uh, <laughs> you have a variety of ways to be able to communicate. Um, uh, you know, I remember our fa- first fax machine. Said the old man. <laughs> I remember way back. Um, I remember when FedEx was a thing uh, that you could get something shipped to you, and you'd have it the next day from. Oh, 
Cleveland? That's oh. impossible. <laughs> you know. So, um, you know, the the ease and speed at which you can communicate with the world has been a huge help mm. uh, to little places. And you've seen over the last two years with the pandemic that people are willing and, in fact, preferring to live out away from the metropolitan areas. Um, it's more cost effective. Yeah. You that's, know, take, I, take, that's why I love living here. <laughs> well, t- you, you take the home you live in, I don't care who here locally, whatever home you're in, and go transplant it into a lot of other places, and you just tripled or quadrupled or, yeah. or, or more the cost it would take you to get that. So it's a lot more affordable to be here. And you know the other benefits. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, the, the, um, you have a great sense of community yeah, uh, here. And schools. I'm, yeah, terrific schools, particularly the one you're most familiar with and, <laughs> and, and close to here and my kids went to. But it's also, um, you know, we have a, a terrific work ethic in this area. Uh, we've got uh, great people, and there are great people everywhere. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, certainly. But uh, we have more than our fair share, and yeah. uh, you know that's a that's a great blessing to us as well to have uh, great people who show up, who really work hard, and do their level best all the time. Yeah, I see that at Rainbow Connection, we're we're not getting a lot of people asking for financial assistance uh, as we did, which kind of is weird, but um, I just feel like people are. You know, they kind of were woken up by, you know, 2020 and 2021. And I don't know, maybe it lit a fire, made people adjust. I know we started this podcast. I know a lot of churches started live streaming. There was a lot of people that made adjustments. And even though it was a terrible thing, I said this before on the show, kind of, uh, you know, benefited some people, you know, to because I never would have started this. I would have been, I would have made excuse after excuse like, oh, we need a better camera. Oh, we need this. We need that. Better merch. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, Josh. I'm gonna need you to design some merch for me. But um, like for for me to 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 get the opportunity to learn about you know businesses in my area and and learn about people who you know obviously are community leaders. It's been a blessing for me, and I'm learning all about leadership. You know, this is my, technically without this is my first like intentional leadership role. Every other thing has been involved with sports. And it kind of just came with the territory. I didn't sure. really think, hey, I'm going to be the leader of this team. It just kind of, it just worked that way. Yeah. You know, I led by example, but now I have to be a little bit more vocal with that. Um, but was it always something that you were like, was it something you were afraid of? Like, oh crap, I got to manage these people. Or were you just like, kind of like looking for ways to spread your wings and, and, and you know, become a better person and a better leader? Um, I, I would say that I'm uh, both both uh, blessed and cursed as an as a, an exceptional extrovert. So I know you're an introvert, Percy and all, <laughs> kind of quiet, try to get draw you out of your shell. Uh, exactly. <laughs> but the you know the reality is, um, you know, I, I was always comfortable uh, being up in front of other people, and uh, I had opportunities a- along the way to do that. But I also had parents who were leaders, and their parents were leaders, and so you kind of come from leadership stock, mm-hmm. you know, if you will. Yeah. But then you need to make your own way uh, to that, you know, what my uh, parents or grandparents or aunts or uncles or whatever or, or siblings have done. At the end of the day, it's got to reside with me. Um, and, uh, I, but I, as I said at, at the start of this, I was born on third base. You know, I had, yeah. I had benefits that 
most people, uh, Lord knows, in the world, you know, I'm the one tenth of one percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no question, and um, uh, I don't take that for granted. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, could tell. I, you know, I had to, I, had, I, I, I had a, <laughs> I had a, had a family that was supportive. I had opportunities galore. Um, I got great education. Um, I had great opportunities and access to uh, more opportunities than, than most people. And that's, you know, I didn't yeah. do, I didn't do that. Yeah. Um, but that's led me into a variety of leadership positions. And a lot of times being a leader is, is more about saying, um, somebody ought to do something and I'm somebody. Yeah. As opposed to somebody ought to do something. <laughs> Who's it going to be? <laughs> yeah. And waiting for somebody else. To do yeah. Um, yeah. So. I, that's why I might even, you know, I, I might, I think you should take a look at this book. I, cause I know you're someone who just doesn't like, well, um, I'm in this leadership position. Uh, you know, hopefully I do well, like you're, you're investing in yourself and in your company. Um, kind of when, and when you invest in your leadership, that's, that helps out Tusco display. And that's what I admire because I mean, most people, like you said, you don't take it for granted, but I think most people, whether they admitted it or not, if you're CEO of a company, you know, your, your company is successful. It's kind of easy to kind of fall into a comfort zone and say, you know, I've got this, we're good. You know, unless you're a company who makes the pen I just bought that hasn't changed since 1947. I would love to be the leader of that company where you don't have to innovate at all. Joe, Joe Bick. (laughs) (laughs) I I knew Joe. Did you? He was a year ahead of me in high school. Yeah. 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 Wow. That is crazy. Yeah. No, but, um, I mean, I guess, I guess speaking of that, I mean, I want to I want to say on leadership, but has there been something besides obviously the development on how quickly we can get to places or communicate that has innovated your business? That was a big step since oh, you guys took over in 1979. <laughs> <laughs> Computers? No, I'm joking. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, certainly, certainly, uh, some some of that too. Uh, you know, it's there are several things about our business. Um, I, you know, I would, uh, point to, um, we, uh, you know, our core values, um, start with respect and that is, and, and the way we put that, you know, we, we build respectful relationships. Respect mm-hmm. doesn't just happen. It's something that we work at. I respect the people I work with. I hope they respect me too. I expect that everybody's going to respect everybody. Mm-hmm. The second one's accountability. Um, and, and that is, First, we hold ourselves accountable, which gives us the right, frankly, to respectfully <laughs> hold others accountable. And that includes coworkers, certainly, uh, subordinates, as well as ordinates, um, clients, suppliers. You, know, you can hold other people accountable if you first hold yourself accountable. And the third one's initiative. And the, and the point I'm getting to here is, you know, and the way we put this, you know, we, we plan ahead and then we move ahead. So we think about what's coming, but then we're not afraid to go ahead and pull the trigger. So, you know, about 10 years ago, we had a client approach us and say, hey, we have this, we have this product line. You guys have helped us with this sort of thing. Will you take over the whole thing for us? And we set up an entirely separate operation in New Philadelphia. I'm sorry. Am I allowed to say that here in Dover, New Philadelphia? Is that is that? <laughs> I will let it. We'll okay. let it go. Right. Well, in Maslin, <laughs> you can't say the other, oh. the other place. So, anyway, I um, my siblings with the McKinley. Sorry. <laughs> I think we're done here. So, it's a uh, it, it's a it's a matter of 
not being afraid to fail. And in that case, we, we thought about it, we planned for it, and then we said, okay, we're going to do this. And it was outside our comfort zone, but it was a very successful program as long as it lasted. And eventually uh, they bought another company that had capabilities. They didn't need us anymore. But we learned a great deal from that. And mm. we're not afraid to plan ahead and then move ahead. And when you think about leadership, you know, my job is not about thinking about what's going what's gonna to happen today, what are we going to ship this week, you know, those sorts of things. I care about those things. But my job is to think about what's our business going to be like three and five and ten years from now. Because you don't want it to just to be accident, accidental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to be, you want to take advantage of opportunities that come along to be able to apply a systematic approach to understanding whether or not it's a good thing or not, and then not being afraid to say, okay, let's do it. But I would say the bigger part of it is not being afraid to say no. Mm. Leadership is really about saying no to things that might look good so that you have room to take on things that are great. And too many times you say, oh, wait a minute. There's an opportunity right there. We've got, well, you know, let's jump on that. And yeah. I've fallen prey to that thinking too. It's part of the learning you talked about. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Hey, I've yeah. never stopped learning. I, you know, I'm reading all the time and, and uh, I'm involved in uh, um, other development activities, yeah. uh, you know, all the time. Because I, when you start, when you think you've got it all figured out, you're done. <laughs> you're going to get run over. And what has kept us successful as being willing and able to thoughtfully continue to evolve our business, make smart investments. And, and sometimes our smart investments follow dumb investments, <laughs> <laughs> but they led us to make smarter investments gotcha. um, in equipment and capabilities and training and you know th- those sorts of things. Okay. Now, one last question before we get to our, um, <laughs> Josh rolls his eyes, the fast nine. Um <laughs> Have I, I don't know why I'm, I'm just I just thought of this while you were talking. Do you feel, especially for your business, that the jumps in innovation are bigger or quicker than they were when you first started? When you first took not like when your family bought it in '79, but when you first became when did you become chairman CEO? Well, I I bought the company in, uh, from my family in '94. Okay. So, so from 1994, uh, did you feel like, uh, you know, you didn't have to innovate as quickly back then (laughs) or as you do now? Yeah, that's a, it's a fair question. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would say everything gets faster. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, there, there's a saying, it doesn't matter uh, by, by whom, uh, that, uh, the world today, uh, the world used to be big fish eats the smaller fish today. It's the fast fish that beats the slow fish. Mm. And so being fast and innovating and failing sometimes, you know, part of innovation, more innovation happens in failure um, than, than, you know, ends in success, wow. but it builds your, you know, ability. It's, it's like, you know, working out and you got to tear down that muscle yep. to, to build it back yep. up. Mm-hmm. To same kind of idea. Not that you purposely fail, but not be afraid to, innovate and try new things. Okay. That didn't work. <laughs> let's, <laughs> you know, put, put a lid on that and let's move on to the next thing. Yeah. Thoughtfully, respectfully with accountability. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. do, and do those sorts of things. So yes, faster all the time. I got gotcha. you. It's not slowing down. Yeah. Well, I've been in my life. Fear has controlled a lot of what I've done. 
and uh, especially in my professional baseball career. Um, and that shows a lot of maturity for you, first of all, to say this out into the world. Mm. The ether now has heard that. They have. <laughs> but the reality is the first thing is to recognize what are your, what are your drivers yeah. and understanding that to, so you can manage it. Yeah, I blame it on the horror movies I grew up watching. Um, but, yeah, and I, I'm trying to get my kids to to look at fear in a different way than I did. Know that it's technically it's not real. You kind of do that, you know, with your own mind. <laughs> you kind of make it that. Um, uh, and just, you know, understand, okay, this is fear. This is reality. This is what I have to do or need to do or want to do. And I have to just kind of push this aside because growth comes going after what those things that I need to do. So for me, I'm always like, now it takes me forever. I used to, when I first got drafted and I had, I was rich. I, um, <laughs> I didn't take much time to make a purchase, <laughs> you know, now I've been looking, I used to purchase shoes. I used to be a sneakerhead, but then I got married and you know, you can't buy shoes all the time. I would just go to the mall and like, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll take one of those, one of those and one of those. Now takes me like five months to make one purchase. <laughs> and, I'm like, and with your oh. kids age, you need to get this size, that size and this size yeah. just to get through the summer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, fear, fear is something that, uh, you know, we all need to overcome and, uh, you know, it's a constant battle, but speaking of fear, um, you should fear these next five questions. No, <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> They're not that crazy, but I like to act like they are, but I just like doing this. I like kind of, you know, asking some questions just to get to know you things that don't actually correlate with your business or leadership or anything. Sure. Um, if you could have dinner with one person alive or dead, who would it be? Um, Abraham Lincoln. I like it. I like it. I feel like that's mine too. I don't think I've ever shared that, but I think that is mine. I'm a, I'm a big history buff, uh, particularly presidential histories. Uh, read a lot of biographies. I'm reading one on Herbert Hoover right now. Really? Yeah. You want to, you want to read a spectacular biography? I'm not kidding you. He's unbelievable. What okay. Do? Herbert Hoover. Yeah. I'll, I'll look at that because yeah, I just... <laughs> History is not my thing. I'm a math guy, but when it comes to presidential history, I think it was because Mr. Court, my teacher, he, he would always sing a song. We'd have quizzes on presidents. It's president quiz time. It's president quiz time. <laughs> <laughs> you remember Mr. Court? He was our, he was our football coach as well. Great guy. Um, but obviously I, I knew a lot about Abraham Lincoln cause you know, the emancipation proclamation, you know, we hate John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> But uh, when I actually, fun fact, before we get to the next question, I know it's supposed to be fast. Shut up, Josh. Oh. <laughs> Define fast. <laughs> I'm definitely not innovating fast enough in the business world with this question. But um, I used to have nightmares about John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> and I would see him like shoot Abraham Lincoln in the head at Ford's Theater. Yeah, wow. I was kind of obsessed with all that. It was weird. But anyways. Seek professional help. <laughs> I do need to empower Tusk. I need to call there empower go, Tusk. But uh, okay, next question. Uh, I'm actually gonna come up with a new one. If you could hire anyone to take your position at Tusk Dis Tusco Display, who would it be? I have no idea. 
Oh, um, okay. you know what? Every every person that joins an organization, and ours is a small company. We've got less than a hundred people. Mm-hmm. But you think about it: if there are a hundred people and you add one, that's one percent of the total team right now, and it impacts the whole team mm-hmm. too. And yep. one person leaves. You know, we, we we've had a couple of people retire. Guy in December, forty nine and a half years. Woo! You know, a, a, um, a guy earlier this um, uh, this spring, twenty seven and a half years. Um, so, uh, when they leave, boy, there's a, there's something lost. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a real loss, uh, there too. And not just in job knowledge and, yeah. and everything, but it changes the organization. So any person coming into the company is going to change it. Uh, you know, the key is, can they, can they work with the culture and, and make us better? So you wouldn't um, want Elon Musk to come in and take your bot. Let me, <laughs> let me just think. Uh, no. Yeah. How about that? All right. I, yeah, I, I, I tried, not, to, I tried yeah, to go no, with the new one, but I didn't really give it any thought to how, if it would pan out or be a good question or not. I just tried. Well, to you're not available because that's the one I was going to go to right there. Either that or Josh and uh, you guys are see, already tied up. See, he gets it because, you know, Tiff, uh, Tiffany Fox, uh-huh, CEO Tiffany. of the Tusk YMCA, Oop, who's leaving us. On. Yeah. Um, she's not really big into athletics. But uh, I the said, woman who ran the Y. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, okay. I was like, uh, "Hey, who's your favorite athlete?" She, and she could have said me, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Serena Williams, any like huge names. And she just she didn't give one. And I go, "You just the cop out answer is me. Come on." But anyways, uh, this might be fast five. Um, <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, let's say uh, your favorite piece of technology. When I say peace, I don't know what I mean. Favorite technology instrument. <laughs> Device. I like it. There it is. There's the word. You know, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a techno geek. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I have uh, uh, AirPods. They're not AirPods, but, you know, I have, which I never use. Uh, you know, as a, for instance, I mean, I live on my phone uh, and certainly. Well, you got to for work, right? The apps. Well, no, I choose to. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, I don't have to do anything. Um, but uh, the reality is it allows me to go anywhere, do anything, read anything, research anything. You know, it's the proverbial, you know, computer in your pocket. So yeah. uh, it, it may be prosaic, but yeah, my phone. Yeah. It's an honest answer. I like it. Hmm. Best advice you were ever given. Oh goodness gracious! <laughs> okay, so uh, so here here's you know top of mind uh, comes from my dad. Not not particularly a big surprise. A lot of people might go there, <laughs> um, and uh, he said, "Listen, <laughs> things are never as good as they seem, and they're never as bad as they seem." The whole point being, mm. don't let yourself get too high or too low, uh, because things aren't things aren't as wonderful or as spectacularly bad as you think they are. I like that. So another way of putting that, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm, I was an economist by training, um, is a reversion to the mean. Mm. You know, so you get all the way you out know what here. the mean was? It's the average, Josh. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. You, you, the pendulum. How about that? You yeah, know, there you, we go. You, there you may go. be oh, way out here and then way over here, but eventually it kind of settles more in the middle. And life on a daily basis can have its highs and lows. Um, don't get swept up in either like it here's a new one very simple favorite cereal yeah um i will tell you many years ago it was life uh oh i just had a bowl today you know why (laughs) because mikey liked it 
Ah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Gotcha. But, um, I would say frosted mini wheats. Okay. I like it. Mm-hmm. You should try Crave when you get a chance. It's newer, but yes, yeah. I'm a serial killer. I mean, <laughs> I got it. You can't say that on the internet, can you? I love cereal. I got yeah, it. My baseball locker had a couple bowls in it with four cereal boxes at all times. All right. <laughs> not as big as uh, CC's Bathia, but I love cereal. Well, you're not as big as CC's <laughs> Bathia either. So, I'm getting close. <laughs> um, all right, we'll we'll do this as the last one. Dream car. I'm not a car guy. Me neither. But I have one car. If I was ever going to spend money on it, even if I had the money, I wouldn't. But if I would be, it would be a Mercedes G-Wagon probably. But I wouldn't buy a car that expensive. (laughs) I don't even buy new cars. I I, I always buy used cars. You know, I'm just not not a car guy. Um, So try another question. Okay. (laughs) Favorite food. Oh, yeah. Um, I would say uh, fresh uh, salmon right, right out of the river in, uh, you know, Copper River salmon out of uh, the Pacific wow. Northwest. Okay. Yeah, caught this morning, eat, eat, eat this afternoon. I like that. Yeah. Do you eat, you know, salmon, shu- salmon sushi? <laughs> Can't, it's hard to say. <laughs> no. Salmon sushi? Oh, you no. don't? Yeah, typically not. Mm. So. Okay. I love salmon sushi. Anyways. That's good to know. It's good to know. See, I learned something too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's a lot of give and take here. This is it, good. <laughs> salmon sushi. Salmon say sushi. Three times yeah, I was about to that. say. And I didn't have sushi till I was 25 years old. Now I love it. Not many places in Dover to get it, but a couple, couple places. Yeah, because we call it bait here, right? <laughs> Isn't that the, the old story? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but hey, look, Mike, man, this has been amazing. I've had you for... Um, uh, enough time to get to know more of, of why why you're who you are and why you've been successful and why you've had people stay at your business for forty nine years. <laughs> you must be doing something right. Uh, but, but I'm going to interrupt, okay? Because the number one reason I'm successful is because I've been unbelievably blessed, and one of the huge blessings of my life, and I know it's the same for you too is my wife, oh. Elizabeth, who is spectacular. And anybody who knows her is right now going, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. She's the most unbelievable person in the whole world. Yeah, we, we, definitely, we definitely lucked out. <laughs> now, did you have to work as hard to get your wife as I did? <clears throat> Can I tell you that the first time I ever met her, I had just performed in a play in college. She was dating another guy in the cast. They came to the cast party. I saw her. I thought she was really cute. He went to get her something to drink. I went over and jumped over the back of the couch, which had divided the room, landed beside her, put my arm around her. I said, will you marry me? Oh, what? Really? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you talk to her before? She said no at that point. (laughs) No, I had never talked to her before. I didn't know her. I I didn't know her name or anything. Pick up lines, guys. (laughs) It was the first time it worked. Yeah. No, uh, you know, so that's how I introduced (laughs) myself to her. That's how I introduced myself to her. So, that's what's up. Yeah, but and and about five months later, she asked me out. Really? So we would see one another on campus occasionally, and she had a had a dance and just needed somebody who'd be fun to be with. And uh, he wasn't available, so she asked me. Oh. And uh, the rest is history. His loss. That's what's up. I like stories like that, man. I'm yeah. glad I 
Glad I brought that up. That was all, that was all my outline. That was my plan. <laughs> but uh, but no, it's been a pleasure having you. Um, I plan on doing this podcast forever. So who knows if you're ever free again in 2023? Maybe we'll have you back. Who said free? <clears throat> Not busy. I, was I miss? Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought I'd, maybe I'd been misled. But no, man, you've been uh, great to have on the show. You shared a lot with us. We appreciate it. Hopefully the listeners got something out of it. I'm sure they did because I did. Uh, only thing is for- unfortunate is I can't like keep take notes, but I did. Re- we recorded the whole this thing. This is so I can recorded. Go back and watch. It. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> All right. Take that last part out. Don't make me look as stupid as I look. Um, but, uh, but again, thank you for being here. Thank you to everybody who listens. Make sure you are aware that we're on Apple podcasts and Spotify or wherever you find your podcast. We are there just search 99 miles per hour and, uh, like, and share, like, and share. Yes. Like share, subscribe, get us to our goal, which is a thousand and make sure you visit our, uh, my website, percygunner.com or, uh, to get some merch to help a Dover student, you know, they need some money scholarship, help them out in college. Uh, store.percygarner.com that's p-e-r-c-i-g-a-r-n-e-r.com whoever got that thank you um, but you guys have a good night peace